Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker Betting Show. I am your host, George Ellick, and it is just a World Cup one-on-one this time uh, with myself and Odds Checker's very own tips to Andy Holding as we look ahead to the weekend's racing, primarily at Newbury. Uh, Andy, how are you getting on? Are you enjoying the festival of football that's on our screens at the moment? Certainly am, yes. It's uh, been very entertaining, hasn't it? Um, some of the games have been a little bit uh, below par and a bit dull, um, but you get that, don't you, in the early rounds where... There's a bit of caginess, et cetera, et cetera. And teams not wanting to lose, particularly if they're playing a good side in the next match. They want to make sure they get at least a point on the board. Generally speaking, it's been, um, I'd say, very uh, appealing on the eye. Lots of goals in some of the games. And we've had a couple of nice shocks as well to suggest that it's perhaps a little bit more wide open than the bookies um, would have you believe. Mm, yeah, I say it quietly because I know it's not a popular opinion to have. And I certainly don't um, approve of the reasons why it's happened. But... Winter World Cup's not all bad, you know. <laughs> Don't have many plans in, in the, at the end of November. And, uh, you know, the games themselves do seem to be a bit more intense because it's mid-season rather than after a, a long slog. I think from a personal point of view, it was, it was a bit disappointing because it, you, you don't get, like, any bonus football, whereas, you know, obviously mm. the Premier League goes on till May and then, and then you get bonus football in the summer, don't you? So it's, it's elongated another month. So you... you we don't get any extra football than we normally get, but yeah, I, I think it's a, it's making for um, uh, you know a good a good uh, visual spectacle because a lot of the players are fit and they're they're on they're on the money as well. So um, and there shouldn't be any excuses for the England lads either as well this time. No, definitely not. And Andy, you you want bonus football in the summer? That's called my annual leave. So that's probably why we um, why we disagree in terms of uh, extra football during the summer. Um, let's talk about racing. This is a racing show, uh, and we are going to be previewing um, Newbury. Uh, we'll be starting with a couple of the big races on Friday, but because we're recording this just after midday on Thursday, um, we're not going to spend too long on Friday's racing because uh, this will age very very quickly, and then we'll move on uh, going through the card. Um, we don't have any prices in the first two on 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 Saturday at Newbury. Uh, but we do have prices for the rest, so we'll go through those uh, there as well. But before we get into that, um, let's talk. <laughs> Every time we we sit down for a National Hunt podcast, I seem to say this. Let's talk Constitution Hill, because we spoke last week with Paddy about um, the entry at Ascot. And then we had a real palaver in terms of uh, Nicky Henderson coming out saying the ground was unsafe, despite there being buckets of rain uh, over the course of Thursday and Friday. Uh, the field sizes were uh, ridiculously small with a walkover in the first as well. Uh, Constitution Hill is now entered for the fighting fifth at Newcastle uh, at 2.10 on Saturday at 130 on best price ahead uh, of Epiton, who's 4-1. to one. I'm pretty sure you'll be telling me that's a bet. Um, but um, what do you make of the whole circus that's surrounded? Um, I mean, it's not the first time, and it won't be the last time, that Nicky upsets uh, National Hunt fans with uh, the decision not to run horses in certain places, and especially now looking to to bounce and run straight here at Newcastle on Saturday? I think Nicky, more than anyone, divides opinion, doesn't he, amongst racing fans, punters, uh, even bookmakers sometimes. Um, mm. Because of his sort of nature, he, you know, he's, he's very much a long-term man. He, he basically has Cheltenham on his mind or Aintree in some circumstances and just worked his way back. He, mm. He's very much a traditionalist. He tends to run his horses in the same races year in, year out. It's not broke, don't fix it kind of thing. And it's been a trying to trusted formula for him for, for decades, isn't it? And that's why he's the leading trainer at, at the Cheltenham Festival, you know, for that reason. So you've got to try and trust, you've got to tr- trust his judgments and his instinct. And when he's got a horse like Constitution Hill, who's real prized property at the moment, and probably one of the, well, hottest properties out there, the last thing he'd want to be going doing first time out is going and giving them a leg or 
just doing something that's unnecessary. Um, mm. I think we'd all be the first to criticise him, let's say, you know, because we're big fans of him, if he went and was out for the season because he won at four to one on, which wouldn't have told us anything else uh, other than, you know, he's got four legs in each corner. Um, and, he, and that was it for the season if you've backed him anti-post, which I have. So from a selfish point of view, I, I don't really mind. And let's face it, Nicky's not ducking shy of any battles or anything because he's going to run Constitution Hill against Opeton in the fighting fifth, which is something he doesn't normally do. So you've got to give him a bit of credit for that as well. Yeah, you do, uh, of course. And, and I think everyone's just looking forward to seeing uh, one of the most exciting horses in training, uh, hopefully lining up um, at Newcastle on uh, Saturday afternoon. Um, yeah, Constitutional 130 on. Do you make that a bet against Epiton? I, I thought 4-1 to one on was a good bet last week, you know, yeah. against Goshen and throwing up a storm. But, I mean, let's face it, Epiton's a different ball game to those two. You know, they're not in the same league as Constitution Hill. So, you know, she should at least give him a race. So let's say keep him honest. But, yeah, I mean, if, she, if he's going to win the champion hurdle like we think he is, then he's got to be disposing of Epitot like Bonnie Suckle did last year. So, yeah. I mean, it's, what do you think Nicky Henderson's emotions would be if Epitot went and beat Constitution Hill on Saturday? <laughs> um, well, he's done his job, hasn't he? At the end of the day, he's, he's a horse race trainer and he's, he's got to please his owner. So, um He'll, he'll have, let's face it, this is Epiton has had this race as a number one target for the whole season. I think this is her mm. champion hurdle in many respects. You know, I don't think she'll go to Cheltenham in March and beat the likes of Honeysuckle and and um, and Constitution Hill when they're singing and dancing and fully fit at come March. But um, like I say, first time out, anything can happen. Um, one horse just might be a little bit more streetwise, fitter than the other, and, and you just never know. But I mean, I can't imagine him going there even 90% fit with Constitution Hill because that's just not the way he does things. You know, he you know, he got he managed to, to you know get buzz back from a massive layoff to win the Cesaro on his first run for over a year. So he mm. you know he's 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 a he's a master at getting them right first time out. Oh, well, let's get into the racing at Newbury, uh, starting with Friday's racing. And before we do, just going to point you in the direction of the Odds Checker app. Uh, download the app now for the best prices, bookie um, offers, free bets. Uh, place terms and uh, Andy's tips straight to the app every morning uh, of racing and other tips on to plenty of World Cup content as well. Um, so do go and check that out. Um, we, Andy, we, we spoke before we went on air about the, the Friday racing at Newbury. We, we're going to do the two grade twos. Was it the, the novice hurdle or the um, handicap chase you wanted to start with? Yeah, I think there's a lot of good sort of novice limited handicap chases out of the moment. We saw one last week at Chepstow, which is a very good one. Saint Segal yeah. won it from the Jane Williams team. And I, I think those races actually are better than the beginners' chases. Okay, the beginners' chases might have one or two classy horses in there, but they're usually non-events. Whereas these bring together good fields, um, potentially lots of well-handicapped horses. They're often run at a true pace, and I think this is a very good race, given that Soaring Glory is making his not only seasonal reappearance, but chasing debut in a race of this uh, quality suggests that we're dealing with a, an above average field. So it, it, it is a handicap, but I actually think this is the most mm. important race on the car, one of the most important races on the car going forward for with regards to early season form. So this is the 12.45, um, the uh, novice handicap chase uh, over two miles, extended two miles. Balco Coast is the 15 to 8 favourite ahead of Freya Darm at 7 to 2. Soaring Glory 6 to 1. Uh, that's all right, Gino. 
seven to one, eight to one, Ocon risk, ten to one, bar those. Um, Andy, uh, where are you looking here in the in the twelve forty-five? Well, we'll start with Balco Coastal, who flopped in the Imperial Cup, I think, last year, didn't he? Uh, when he was sent off favourite, the ground was probably a little too soft for him on that occasion. Much better be on Langer down at Aintree on on better ground. I think that's the key to this fella. You, you look at him; he's a big, strong, powerful unit that gets over the ground really nicely. But he doesn't want really winter ground to disrupt that stride. Um, you know, his mark is irrelevant, really. One three three. I mean, it's a, it's a, just a very good starting place. But I think Nicky will be thinking, you know, graded races further down the line, uh, and this is as good a start as any. Uh, and his local track, I think Nicky's bringing out all of his. Big guns in is in this weekend. Um, mm. So he's well represented in pretty much every race. So he's certainly respected, but price-wise, would I back him over a horse like Soaring Glory, who I think is a better horse at this very moment in time with regards to the body of work he's achieved, and he's available at 6-1. to one. You know, don't forget, he, you know, he wasn't far off sort of virgin on champion hurdle class, um, you know, 12 months ago. Um, but I do quite like one... At a much bigger price, and that's that's all right, Gino. From a yard that has made a spectacular start to the season, of course, they won the Paddy Power with um Garlow the other day. That's Jamie Snowden, and I like this horse's profile. He finished second to Boot Hill, and he got beat half a length by Harry Fry's char- charge on his chasing debut in a fast time. And we know we know what Boot Hill went on to do last week. I think he's mm. a very, very uh, smart horse in the making, uh, Boot Hill, and could go on to much bigger things this season. Uh, and then he, he went on to win at Shepstow himself next time out, again clocking a good time. So he's run a couple of big fingers, big fingers, big big figures, uh, <laughs> and, um, some pretty useful early season fodder. And um, because he's fit and he jumps really well and the yard's in great form and the ground will probably be in his favour as well, um, I do think 7-1 to one is a big price for him. So he's definitely the value. Just showing there's an extra runner for, a, for an each way bet. That's all right, Gino. Yeah, best price, 7-1. to one. That's with Coral and Labrooks. Uh, short as 11-2 to two elsewhere. Uh, the clear selection there for Andy in the uh, 12.45. Uh, on then to the 1.55. And uh, this is the Grade 2 Novice Chase over two miles and, and just up to, well, basically two and a half miles. And Stage Star is the 4-5 to five, uh, favourite head of Beauport at 130. Campront is 13-2. to two. Uh, Sebastopol and Wonderwall propping up the field both at 16-1 to one in this five-runner affair. Uh, let's start with the favourite Stage Star, Andy. Yeah, he's, he's a gorgeous horse, isn't he? He's one of the apple mm. of uh, Paul Nichols' eye. Um, he would have been hugely disappointed with his last two runs last season. Eventually pulled up, of course, on his last start at Aintree. He subsequently had a wind up, which is often the case when a horse of Paul's disappoints. Uh, and we saw what he's really capable of. First time out of offences at Warwick when he jumped immaculately and clocked a good number in, in beating, a, you know, a small field, only a few rivals, but... It's just the manner in which he did it. He, he never put a foot wrong. He looked as though he'd been jumping fences all his life. Paul's are always well-schooled, as we know. And this is his track, isn't it? He won the shallow hurdle here last year. So nice flat track where the fences come up in a good rhythm. Suit a horse like that who's got a, such a quality about him. I don't think Beauport's going to be a big danger. Um, form that race at Carlisle hasn't worked out as well as I thought it would, um, looking at um, what's happened since that race. He beat Miller's Bank, which is good form. But Bear Gillis and Miller and a drama, the third and fourth, I've both gone on to slightly let the form down in that race up, up mm. north. But he, he's he's also a very promising chaser in the making. He's always looked as though fences are going to make the man of him. Um, Compron was up, looked as though he'd never seen a, a fence in his life going to the first exit. <laughs> he, 
he just completely took off blindfolded almost and unseated his rider. It went sideways. So if he doesn't book his ideas up, I think he'll be back over hurdle sooner rather than later. And I, I do know the connections of uh, Wonderwall. I've always regarded him as a chaser as well. He's a massive big unit. Um, and I think he's he's going to make, take high rank this season. Probably not first time out against these. I've already had a run, but I, I'd, I'd certainly be keen to see how he, he operates with a view to, to where they go with him, whether they go down the handicap or graded route with him. So I think Stay Star will probably win because he'll get into a good rhythm from the front and perhaps he might just, um, uh, you know, put the others under pressure and, and mistakes will creep into their game. Is there enough third to put you off backing, say, straight four to five, uh, whether it's, you know, obviously a, a free running type in the past, both the chart, chart and the mandate entry and those two pulled up, or, or do you think even at the vet there is value now at the top end of the market? Yeah, because I, I think what will happen, you know, Harry will, you know, he'll jump off to make all and, and you, you'll, be, you'll be looking at a two on two to five shot, probably halfway mm. down the back straight, because I think he'll, he'll get into that kind of rhythm he did at Warwick and, you know, it'll be a job for the others to take him out because we know he stays very strong. Yeah. And now we know his wind's clean as well. Um, Harry can ride in quite aggressively because of that. I think perhaps there was a um, perhaps an, an issue, underlying issue there last year, and 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 it only really resurfaced or came to the surface uh, until it was too late, if you like, in the season. Um, mm. But now you've got a horse like that, we know is a Grade One winner who can seize races out over two and a half miles. You can just put your foot down all the way and, and know that they'll just keep finding for you. Yeah, lovely stuff. Uh, on then to the um, 3.05 here, the um, long distance hurdle. And uh, Champ is the 15 to 8 favourite head of Prashima at 5 to 2. Paisley Park at 9 to 2. Third favourite, Thomas Darby, 8 to 1. Dashiell Drasher, 8 to 1. T Clipper, 25 to 1. And uh, Dan Skelton hoping to continue to, um, you know, to, to put it up to the old guard, let's say. Champ and Paisley Park we know all about, but Prashima may be the fly in the ointment here. Andy, how do you see it? I think he's going to have to improve Prashima. Um, he's going the right way. You look at his seventh in the silver trophy at Chepstone, you're saying, well, how could he be five to two to win this? <clears throat> and then you look at his, his Weatherby win, and it was a, a little bit more of a step in the right direction, albeit I think it was slightly, he, he was slightly flattered to win by so far. I think the reason he managed to look so impressive that day was because Harry Skelton was one of the only few jockeys, if probably not, if probably the only one, who charted a wide course on 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 his mount, and it was definitely an advantage to go on the better ground. So, I think if he would have been ridden like all the others, he he probably might still have won. But it, there only would have been perhaps a couple of lengths winning margin between himself and the rest. So, I, I don't think you want to look at that ten length victory at face value. Um, the one thing we can say is that this division is almost crying out for a horse like perhaps a Prashima to work his way through the handicap grades and make an impact in a stagnant three, three mile category that still sees flooring Porter at the head of the market, despite him running below par on his seasonal reappearance at Navan the other day. I mean, it's six to one the field at the moment, the stays early. And mm. To name four or five absolute standout candidates at the moment, let alone the winner is, is, is difficult. So the likes of Champ Paisley Parker were both 10 year olds. I mean, you couldn't see him winning the stage hurdle now. They're going to be 11 next year. So this sort of only real chance they have of making it uh, uh, their mark at this level is, is winning a race like this. So you'd imagine that both of these two would have had this race firmly as their target for a long, long time. And given that Champ was probably at his best when he won first time out last year in the long walk, 
I'd say maybe he's the one to be with. Um, I mean, he should have beat Paisley Park at Cheltenham next time, we know, when Paisley missed the break. But I don't think he was really quite the same ever after he won at that long walk. Sometimes those hard races take a lot more out of a horse, particularly a horse of his age, than we think. Uh, and even though he ran well, he, like I say, he just wasn't quite the same. So I, I'd probably go with Champ because I think, like I say, I think he's class and his body of work is he's, he's better than what we've seen so far, even, even allowing for Pashima's improvement. Champ there, best price, 15 to 8. That's pretty much across the board. Uh, the one for Andy to take in that 305 at Newbury. Uh, we'll move on, move on now to Saturday's card at Newbury. As I said, no prices. Uh, oh, we have to. We have got prices now in the in all the races. Lucky us. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Andy, this yeah. might be the first you've heard of of a couple of these, but I'll run you through the markets now. Uh, we've got the uh, Mayor's Novice Hurdle, the listed race in the first. Uh, Lucia is the two to one favourite. Had a poetic music at five to two. Uh, Eleven to two. Carlos Pass. She's a saint. Seven to one. Lettuce and Lady uh, also seven to one. Rosie Redrum fourteen to one. Autumn Return twenty twos. Yeah, really good. Um, How do you digest that? <laughs> yeah, really good race. This uh, it's a it's a it's an event that um, Nikki Henderson has dominated in in recent times. He won it with Floressa um, a couple of years ago. Actually, Dan Skelton won it last year with uh, um, LS Bell, if you remember if you remember rightly. Uh, so you'd imagine that Lucia would know her job first time out. Looking at the uh, stable report for from, from Nikki Henderson's yard in the Racing Post a couple of weeks back. Um, his praise of uh, Lucia was uh, very infectious. Um, he said that she'd suffered a little bit of a setback after she won at Sandown, but I mean, she won by 17 lengths that day, and that they, they drew stump <laughs> with her because I think she had something wrong with her stifle. I, I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but I know it was, it was stifle related, which can be a little bit um, incapacitating for a horse. Um, but apparently, a schooling has gone fantastic. In fact, he, in fact, he said that it was a special schooling session that this horse has been through recently. So when Nikki says that, you know that it has gone really well. So if she jumps a clear round, I think her quality might just shine through. But this is why we don't need any pushover, but she will be tested. I imagine she's a saint of golf in front once again. We know that Carol's Pass, who's she's a saint, a very good horse, C and D winner, and we know that Poetic Music has already proven herself over hurdles, winning in a good time at Ludlow. So this will be no, like I say, walking apart for Lucia, but if she is going to make a bit of the horse that Nikki thinks, and she's going to be the dominant force in her division over this side of the RHC, you'd like to think that she'll be able to take care of this lot. Lucia, two to one, uh, favourite and the right favourite, it seems, uh, in Andy's opinion, that is with Coral and Labrooks in the first. Uh, in the second, the 12.45, uh, the uh, John Frankham novice chase, uh, Time Hill, is the 11 to 10 favourite here ahead of Gelino Bello. Uh, at 11 to 4, McFabulous 7 to 2, and uh, Motriarch is 50 to 1. Just four lining up here, Andy. But um, yeah, Trappy contest at the top end, a few firms disagreeing between those top three in the market. Uh, McFabulous as short as uh, 9 to 4 in a place, 7 to 2 with Coral, though. Uh, how do you see this? Yeah, again, I think I've got the right favourite. Um, I won't say it's hard to see beyond him because, you know, he, he's got to put in another clear round and he's got two horses who are going to test him particularly two horses that like to be ridden aggressively, particularly McFabulous, who made all the last day, and uh, Gina Bellino also can race Andy as well. So, you know, this this will um, this will be a, a better examination than he had at Exeter, but I was really impressed with him at Exeter. I, I was expecting quite a scrappy round from him. I don't know why. I just, 
at the back of my mind, I thought, well, is he going to be a chaser? Is he going to be as good as he was over hurdles? But the answer was very much an affirmative. And although he only beat one rival in the end who stayed on his feet, Flash Colange, he couldn't have done it any more easier. And, and his time figure was very good. In comparison to the other two, I've been quite disappointed when I look back at the time figures about Giulino uh, Bello and McFabulous did on their chasing debuts. It's surprising that Tom Hill comes out well clear of those. So I think he actually performed probably a little bit better than we thought when winning Exeter. And we know he likes this track as well. I think he's won the long distance hurdle at least once, maybe, maybe twice in the past. So this seems a, a natural um, stepping stone for him for the rest of the season. So I kind of, it's a bit unoriginal, me, me sort of going down the short end. <laughs> I'm looking for some value, but I'd rather just say is it is and not try and manufacture yeah, something yeah, that's sure. not there. And I do think Tyler Mill is just, I think he's just different grade to the other two. Time Hill, 11 to 10, best price, Paddy's, Hills, uh, Betfair Sportsbook, Sporting Index, plenty there. Um, Andy thinks, again, the right favourite. Can we find a bit of bigger price value? Yes. Well, this might be the place to do it. Uh, the 120, the handicap chase, uh, plenty in here. How many run? 13 runners. Favourite is Killer Kane at 9 to 2. Uh, joint favourite, that is, with Cap Course at 9 to 2 as well. Mr. Coffee, 7 to 1. Uh, De Machine, 15 to 2. Dublin, 4, 9 to 1. Captain Noor and uh, Java Point, both 10 to 1. 12 to 1 bar those. Give us a big price fancy here, Andy. Um, I was rather surprised that Killer Kane has, has been, he's been installed a favourite. He's, he's been quite well back. During the during the build up to this race, well, anti post one or two firms have priced this race up early. I thought he ran okay, excellent, but he didn't exactly like knock my eyes out. Um, you could say the drop back in trip might suit him, having not quite got the three miles on his seasonal reappearance, but um, makes no odds to me at nine or two. I'd, I'd rather look elsewhere. Certainly, respect Cap Course, who won this race very easy last year. He's obviously a very fragile horse because he only runs once or twice, and similar to your darlings, we saw at Ascot. The best time mm-hmm. to catch him first, his first time out, George. So, out to the front two of the market, I'd, I'd, I'd prefer him. But I'm going to back a couple of big price horses against him uh, or against, against the pair. One of them is uh, Zanza, who's a bit of an enigma, um, but on his day, he's very good. And I liked his run last time out at Weatherby when he came from a long way back. He, he had the blinkers on for the first time, which seemed to hook his ideas up a little bit. And I, I, I like the way he sort of went through the race and, fin- like I say, finished off his race. But he does love it here at Newbury. I checked his record. I think he's three out of three from four at Newbury. So the combination of a good first time run over fences, course winner, and and very much the ground to suit. Double figure quotes for him look quite appealing. And the other one is Dublin Four, one of the only one of the uh, other course and distance winners in the field. I wrote down in my notes when he ran it last time last time at, New- at uh, Weatherby, Newbury Hennessy meeting. I, I thought he was very much ridden with a view to perhaps. A bigger target further down the line. That was his first run for 168 days. He looked a little bit rusty. He was ridden accordingly. But I like the way, he, again, he finished off his race from the back of the second last. I don't think he was overly punished to do so as well. I mean, you can, you, it's difficult to tell something nowadays with the jockey body language. But just looking at Conor Bracer riding that day, that, that seemed to be the case. Paddy Brennan, who gets on really well with his horse, is reunited with him. Uh, and again, another horse has got a fantastic record around this track. So, I don't. What price is Dublin for as well? Nine to one best price with Hills. Yeah, I think we can back both those two each way, can't we? Mm, Dublin yeah, four, four places. Yeah, four places. Dublin four, <laughs> nine to one, and Zanza. What are we looking at with him? Tens, twelves, no? ten to one, ten to ten one to best one, price. Yeah. Oh, no, twelve. Each, to, I like twelve, 12 to one. one. Yeah. Two each way bets against the field there. 
There you go, 12 to 1 uh, Zanza with Skybet, Paddy's uh, Betfair Sports, but Bet Victor and plenty others as well. Do check the place terms though, because currently Skybet uh, are a quarter to three rather than a, a fifth or four. Uh, but obviously, you might, you might want the uh, the three places for the extra um, place money with the quarter rather than a fifth. Uh, and then, yeah, Captain or uh, sorry, Dublin Four is standout best price with Hills, uh, nine to one, seven to one, basically market price. Uh, if you look on the odds checker grids. Uh, on then four more races to cover. We've got the handicap hurdle now over two and a half miles by walking on air is the 130 favourite. Um, that again is standout with Hills, short as five to two in most places. Uh, West Balboa not, uh, is seven to two. Peking Rose, nine to two. Lord Baddersley, eight to one. Porticello, 10 to one. Petit Tonnerre, 10 to one. Uh, 12 to one bar. I've no doubt in my mind, George, there's at least three or four um, well-handicapped horses in this race. Trying to work out which one's got nice and handy is the tricky bit. Um, they are walking on air, Peking Rose, West Balboa, Curran Mood, and I still think there's a bit of mileage in him for half, or mark of 117. Uh, a lot depends on which way the ground goes. Um, looking at the forecast, I think Friday strike Saturday, it looked like being quite favourable with the rain coming today as we speak. So whatever they get in the next 24 hours is going to determine what we're going to get over the weekend because it's going to be high pressure from there on in. I think walking on air is probably one of the most interesting horses on, on the entire card um, because, if you remember rightly, he couldn't have been any more impressive when he won at this track first time up last year. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think he was installed second favourite at that time for the Ballymore and he was a long fancy for that race, for, like I say, for a good way out. Unfortunately, he met a setback, which meant he missed the gig. Um, probably the blessing in disguise given what the conditions were like on the day. And then he went to Aintree and under a bit of a rush preparation. I think Nicky was kicking himself and perhaps not roughing him off for the season. And he just didn't travel with his, with his zest that he did at Nürburgring. He ended up being pulled up, which is definitely not him. But it's meant that he's come back into the fray after Mark of 132. Um, I don't think Nicky Henderson's thinking handicaps bothered by his column in the um, in the racing post of the week. I think he actually thinks this could this could be a stays hurdle horse because um, I, I do think he's he's he's, he's that good. But he's up against West Bill Balboa as well, who's got a mark of 127 that finished second in a grade one here last time when we saw her. He was second to stage star in the shallow hurdle. So you can you get where I'm coming from here. This is this is quite a decent heat. And you've got Peking Rose in there as well, who's probably better than 132. Current mood as well. He comes out of a good race at um, Foss last on his season of reappearance. There's been two horses that have come out of that race so far. Sensigallo finished fifth. And the winner itself, the changing man, and they both won and bolted up. So the time figure in that form of that race is good. So I think walking on air is the one probably to beat, given his tall reputation and the fact that I don't think we've seen the best of him yet. But like I say, this, this is a tricky one with with all those other ones mentioned in, in, in up against him. Interesting. Yeah. So plenty in there. Walking on air, uh, 130 best price if Fandy sold him. But it seems like... Plenty in there to be wary of um, in a hot handicap hurdle. Uh, we'll move on to the 2.30 then, uh, which is the Jerry Field, and formerly the Jerry Field, and now the uh, uh, Coral Bet Bundles Intermediate Handicap Hurdle over two miles, where Picard is the 130 favourite. Uh, First Street, uh, their joint favourites, First Street also 130 as well. Teddy Blue, 4-1. to Theatre Glory, 9-2. to uh, 11-1 to one bar uh, those. And the uh, favourites come out here, so the race has cut up a fair bit. Um, who do you fancy the prices? Um... Yeah, I've had a little bit of an interest in Picard um, during the week. Um, I saw he entered up and I saw Harry Skelton uh, was jocked up to ride him, so that's good enough for me. 
Um, I was hoping that the favourite came out, which is which has been the case. And but it's still a very trappy race anyway. I don't I don't think mm. Picard's chewing by any stretch of imagination. I just thought he was value at the price as he was. Uh, you could argue that still 130 is not a bad shout, given the form of his race at Chepstow, which looked an above average hurdle going into it on paper, and it's subsequently come out to look even better, um, given what's happened to the horses in behind him that day. Um, the fourth horse, time for uh, tune. Uh, he won next time out. I think he's actually. I don't know if he's already run and won. Run, run. Um, I'm just going to check. Uh, I'm going now. Yeah. So it's just as I speak. Yeah. The yeah, right about, yeah, yeah. Okay, he's about time. to run now. So this uh, the form could be even more better. But <laughs> another five minutes time. <laughs> but I put a, I put up a horse called Master Chewy George last week at Ascot, and I'm still smarting for the fact that the horse jumped the last two three lengths clear and fell at the last. That was a real kick in the you know what's. Yeah. Um, but Picard finished well clear of those two horses when he beat Hollenbach, who's very highly regarded by uh, Paddy Brennan and, and Fergal O'Brien. I have no doubt in my mind that Picard is incredibly well handicapped for Mark 127. Um, but he is up against First Street, Theatre Glory, two horses from the Nicky Henderson stable have both got confirmed form in better races than what Picard's taken on. This is going to be. A different ball game to the sort of winning a novice hurdle, you know. That first street, I mean, you know, he's, he's, he's running against grade one horses last season, so I'm very respectful of those two horses that top. But as I said, I, th- I think they'll have a job on their hands containing Picard if he's as good as what I think he's capable of off 127. Excellent stuff there, Picard 130. The selection for Andy, who's uh, obviously got a, a, a nice price earlier in the week. Um, two more to come. And of course, it is the famous Coral Gold Cup or the Hennessy or the Labrook, however you want to say it. Now the Coral Gold Cup for this year, uh, for the first time. And um, Coral Grambler and 3-5 and Le Milos are all 7-1 to one joint favourites at this stage with remastered 15-2. to two. Bustleton 8-1, to one. Uh, Jericho Rock is 17-2, uh, to two. Oscar Elite 9-1, to one. Fiddler on the Roof 10-1, to one. Lord Accord 12-1, to one. Uh, Our Power 12-1. to one. Plenty of class in here, as you'd expect, Andy. Um, trappy as it stands in terms of the market. I'm sure it'll kind of muddle its way through to Saturday and it'll look pretty different come three o'clock. Uh, who do you think looks like the value at this stage? Great respect to whoever sponsored this race. It'll always be known as the Hennessy to me and a lot of fans <laughs> and race race, race goes of, of a certain vintage. I mean, this, I remember going to this race back in the late 80s and seeing some, you know, the likes of Borough Hill lad win it. Um, I think I went to about sort of 15, 20 years on the spin. It was, a, it was a real annual family day out and it's a race always quite dear to my heart from a betting perspective. Um, so I always like to have a bit of a go at it. Uh, back fiddle on the roof last year and he ran okay. But there's no doubt in my mind who would have won that race if he would have stood up and that's remastered. Mm. He was absolutely tanking, wasn't he, going down to the fourth last one. For the first time in the whole race, because he'd been foot perfect up to that point, he just completely guessed at it. Um, it must have been a shock for the jockey on him that day. I can't remember who rode him. It might have been Scoob, but he just picked up out of nowhere and, and dived his way through. It was a nasty fall. Um, and it was a real kick to connect, kick in the teeth to connection because I think at that point they were thought we we're on the win here. Um, and his preparation has gone pretty much similar to, 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 to what you know, he undertook last year. He was third in that, he was third in an Aintree hurdle prior to running at Newbury. So they've used exactly the same race for his, for his prep this year. And this mm-hmm. year, he won it. And not only did he win it, he won incredibly easily. I mean, he, 
he could call him the winner a long way out that day. He just looked a totally different horse. And he's a good horse anyway, but the wind operation he had in the off-season clearly um, had worked. And perhaps that was one of the reasons why he was preventing him from running to maximum capacity on certain occasions. Uh, but now we know we've got a horse who can actually breathe and perhaps see out the trip for certain. If he jumps a clear out, I can't see him not being there or thereabouts because he jumps, he travels, we know he likes Newbury and, and um, you know, the, everything looks set fair for him, really. The ground should be fine the, the, with the rain that's going to come. So without wanting to sort of name other names for, unnecessarily, he's going to be my only bet in the race because I just think he's he's the one to be with. There you have it. Simple as that. Remastered 15 to 2 best price uh, with William Hill and with Coral. Uh, Coral, um, yeah, who now sponsored the race best price for Remastered, uh, the champion elect, let's say, uh, according to Andy putting last year's uh, wrongs to right. Uh, the final race on the card um, is the Handicap Chase, uh, just over two miles, Amarillo Sky. Looking to follow up that victory a couple of weeks ago. Six to four, only money. Nine to two, Bundaran, uh, seven to one, Claire Denet, eight to one, uh, as is Monsieur Lecoq, the same price as well. Uh, and 16 to one by those. Uh, eight runners at this stage, Andy. Um, are you looking for an each way play with the eight or, or taking the favourite? Yeah, it's hard to get away from Amarillo Sky. I'm a big fan of this horse. I think he's a real bonny trier that, that always gives his best. And when he's on song, he's, he's quite difficult to be. He's got a good record in small fields when he can dominate. Looking at this field, I think he'll pretty much get a solo up front. Can't see another obvious front, front run. I mean, a Claire Dane is a, is one that can offer up a bit of resistance from the front, but they'll probably compromise their chances trying to chase a real fit in form horse like Amarillo's guy. So Brendan Powell might just get his own way up front, and if so, he's a very very difficult horse to pass. Uh, he's got a good record when he's won. He, he's gone back to back before. So yeah, there's there's nothing to fault with his his win at Chepstow uh, Cheltenham the other day. He beat a horse that was well handicapped, that was well fancied, fugitive, and um, you know the fact that he's managed to win at a track that I wasn't necessarily sure would absolutely suit it because I think he prior to that I thought he was always best on a flat track like this, like like Newbury. Um, that, that's got to stand him in good stead. So I'm afraid I'm reverted to type here, George. Um, <laughs> I'm going back down the old favourite route here, having put probably about four or five value bets up in between. Well, Andy, I can guarantee if there's, um, yeah, if all the favourites go in over the course of the weekend at Newbury, there'll be a fair few watchers and listeners to this will have an acker that, that might pay a few quid. So that's the good news. Uh, Amarillo Sky, the one for Andy there at six to four. Um, great stuff. Uh, thank you, Andy, as ever, for your time. Uh, do make sure you check out the Odds Checker YouTube channel where you can find all of these Odds Checker betting shows uh, over the course of the national hunt season. Plenty of preview content in there as well. Lots of World Cup stuff going on. So do go and check it out. Uh, and you can find these on any podcast channel as well. Uh, make sure you download the app where you can find all the best prices we've been talking about in terms of today and uh, the best prices, bookie offers and everything else there as well, including Andy's tips straight to the app every morning of racing. Enjoy the football. Enjoy the racing. We'll be back next week. Uh, but until then, please do ensure that you're gambling responsibly. 